Welcome to the Raised with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day with the life of Jesus meets yours. In this episode, we have the audio recording of our YouTube live stream of our catechism class, which is based on the green Growing in the Word book from Northwestern Publishing House, where we look at Bible history in light of catechism applications. Here goes. All right. Good morning. Welcome to catechism class. Uh, I'm with Pastor Hagen, and I'll flip the camera over here. And there we are. We're continuing our look at Bible history. Um, and the patriarchs, we've looked at uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and the life of Joseph um, in particular, and how God used Joseph and to preserve his people, and how God used that famine to bring his people down to Egypt. And then we got into the beginning of the life of Moses. Moses lived to be about 120 years old, if, um, and that divides up fairly easily into 40-year segments. He fled Egypt when he was 40 years old. He came back to Egypt 40 years later, and, uh, and the last 40 years and a little bit, you know, like 43 years or whatever, was the exodus. And, um, and the 40 years of wandering in the desert. And then Moses passed away before entering the promised land. So we're picking up in lesson 12. Today is January 17th. Uh, lesson 12. Slavery and Exodus. Moses confronts Pharaoh. At the top of your page. Finally heeding God's command, Moses went to meet with Pharaoh as God's mouthpiece to bring about the release of the people of Israel from their slavery in Egypt. Um, and you see, looking at the timeline, that this began, you know, right around 1446 B.C. Um, and we can be fairly certain with a lot of these dates. Um, when, like I said last time, talking, working backward from the date of the building of the temple. And just using landmarks to kind of leapfrog our way backward. We'll be in Exodus chapter 7, 8, 9, and 10. Moses, Pharaoh, and nine plagues. Um, and then we'll look at the 10th plague a little bit separately. And the bullet points on the page. Uh, Moses confronted Pharaoh with God's commands, and Pharaoh didn't listen. And God sent plagues to convince Pharaoh to listen to his commands, but Pharaoh still didn't listen. Um, really, what? Went for the school of hard knock on that one. Uh, so because Pharaoh did not listen to God's commands through Moses, God sent plagues or disasters on Egypt. Read through the sections from Exodus 7 through 10. Note how each of the initial nine plagues compared with all the others. We'll read these section by section reading, beginning in first in Exodus chapter 7, beginning in verse 14. So you're thinking, you know, books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Those are the first five books. We call them the Pentateuch. They are written by Moses. So the first plague, Exodus 7, verses 14 through 24, reads like this. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is unyielding. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning as he goes out to the water. Wait on the bank of the Nile to meet him. And take in your hand the staff that was changed into a snake. And say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has sent me to say to you, Let my people go, so that they may worship me in the desert. But until now you have not listened. This is what the Lord says. By this you will know that I am the Lord. With the staff that is in my hand, I will strike the water of the Nile. 
and it will be changed into blood. The fish in the Nile will die, and the river will stink. The Egyptians will not be able to drink its water. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, take your staff and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over the streams and canals, over the ponds and all the reservoirs, and they will be turned to blood. Blood will be everywhere in Egypt, even in the wooden buckets and stone jar. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded. He raised his staff in the presence of Pharaoh and his officials, and he struck the water of the Nile, and all the water was changed into blood. The fish of the Nile died, and the river smelled so bad that the Egyptians could not drink its water. Blood was everywhere in Egypt. But the Egyptian magicians did the same thing by their secret arts, and Pharaoh's heart became hard. He would not listen to Moses and Aaron just as the Lord had said. Instead, he turned and went into his palace and did not take even this to heart. Now all the Egyptians dug along the Nile to get drinking water because they could not drink the water of the river. We'll take this plague by plague. Here's the first plague. Uh, number one, what was the first plague that God sent against Egypt? You're correct. He turned all the water into blood. Uh, number two, what could Pharaoh's magicians do? Looking at verse 22, the Egyptian magicians did the same thing by their secret arts. Pharaoh's heart became hard. All right, so number two, they were able to turn water into blood as well. Number three, how did Pharaoh react to the plague? Also verse 22. Pharaoh's heart became hard. He hardened his heart and he wouldn't listen. He um, refused. All right, second plague. Chapter 7, verse 25 through 8, verse 15. Reads like this. Seven days passed after the Lord struck the Nile. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, This is what the Lord says. Let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will plague your whole country with frogs. The Nile will teem with frogs. They will come up into your palace and your bedroom and onto your bed, into the houses of all your officials and on your people, and into your ovens and your kneading troughs. Frogs will go up on you and your people and all your officials. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, stretch out your hand with your staff over the streams and canals and ponds. Make frogs come up in the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land. The magicians did the same thing by their secret arts. They also made frogs come up on the land of Egypt. Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Pray to the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people, and I will let your people go and offer sacrifices to the Lord. Look at that. Verses 7 and 8, you set them right next to each other. Um, Moses and Aaron by God's power, send frogs on Egypt. Verse 7, Pharaoh's own satanic magicians, um, you know, using occultic practices and demonic power, they make frogs show up, but they can't make them go away. <laughs> um, so they have to ask Moses. So verse 9, Moses said to Pharaoh, I leave to you the honor of setting the time for me to pray for you and your officials and your people that you and your houses may be rid of the frogs, except for those that remain in the Nile. Tomorrow, Pharaoh said. Moses replied, It will be as you say, that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. Frogs will leave you and your houses, your officials, and your people, 
they will remain only in the Nile. After Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh, Moses cried out to the Lord about the frogs that he had brought on Pharaoh. The Lord did what Moses asked. Frogs died in the houses, in the courtyards, and in the fields. They were piled up into heaps, and the land reeked of them. When Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and would not listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord said. Plague number two, the plague of frogs. Number four, the second plague. What happened? Looking at verses five and six. Easy peasy, lemon breezy. They were able to, God covered the land with frogs. Stretch out your hand. Frogs will come up onto the land of Egypt. They're everywhere. They're like hopping into the pizza as you're, into the oven as you're baking your pizza. They're jumping around in the dough as you're trying to make bread. Oh my goodness. What a mess. Number five, what could Pharaoh's magicians do? Well, they were able to bring more frogs. Number six, how did Pharaoh react to the plague? He asked that God would take the frogs away. Looking at verse 8 and 15. Um, He said, pray the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people, and I will let the people go. But he says, Keep the frogs away and I'll let you go. But then verse 15, he hardened his heart and would not listen. He didn't follow through with what he said. All right? Next page. The third plague, verses 16 through 19. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, stretch out your staff and strike the dust of the ground. And throughout the land of Egypt, the dust will become gnats. He did this, and when Aaron stretched out his hand with the staff and struck the dust of the ground, gnats came upon men and animals. All the dust throughout the land of Egypt became gnats. But when the magicians tried to produce gnats by their secret arts, they could not. The gnats were on men and animals. The magicians flew in pretty early. Verse 19. The magicians said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. Pharaoh's heart was hard, and he would not listen, just as the Lord had said. So, the third plague, what happened? Verses 16 and 17. God turned the dust into gnats. Throughout the land of Egypt, the dust will become gnats. So, he struck and made some dust in one place, and that little cloud of dust came all these swirling little bugs. And at that same time, throughout the entire land of Egypt, you know, carts going down the road, people walking down the road, children playing in the dust um, outside their front door. All of a sudden, all that dust turns into bugs. Yeah. Number eight. What could Pharaoh's magicians do? Verses 18 and 19. They tried to produce gnats by their secret arts, but they could not. Huh. There's a clue. <laughs> Um, so they could not copy it. They could not copy this miracle. Number nine, how did Pharaoh react to the plague? He didn't even listen to his own magicians. Pharaoh's heart was hard, and he would not listen, just as the Lord had said. The fourth plague, verses 20 through 32. Then the Lord said to Moses, Get up early in the morning and confront Pharaoh as he goes to the water, and say to him, This is what the Lord says, Let my people go, so that they may worship me. 
If you do not let my people go, I will send swarms of flies on you and your officials, on your people, and into your houses. Houses of the Egyptians will be full of flies, even the ground where they are. But on that day I will deal differently with the land of Goshen, where my people live. No swarms of flies will be there, so that you will know that I, the Lord, am in this land. I will make a distinction between my people and your people. This miraculous sign will occur tomorrow. And the Lord did this. Then swarms of flies poured into Pharaoh's palace and into the houses of his officials, and throughout Egypt the land was ruined by flies. Then Pharaoh, then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Go sacrifice to your God here in the land. But Moses said, That would not be right. The sacrifices we offer the Lord our God would be detestable to the Egyptians. And if we offer sacrifices that are detestable in your eyes, Will they not stone us? We must take a three-day journey into the desert to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, as he commands us. Pharaoh said, I will let you go to offer sacrifices to the Lord your God in the desert, but you must not go very far. Now pray for me. Moses answered, As soon as I leave you, I will pray to the Lord, and tomorrow the flies will leave Pharaoh and his officials and his people. Only be sure that Pharaoh does not act deceitfully again by not letting the people go to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Then Moses left Pharaoh and prayed to the Lord, and the Lord did what Moses asked. The flies left Pharaoh and his officials and his people. Not a fly remained. This time also Pharaoh hardened his heart and would not let the people go. All right. Now the fourth plague. What happened? Verses 21 and 24. Swarms of flies. Flies everywhere. The land was covered with flies. Number 11. Who was affected by the plague? People in Egypt were affected, but God's people living in the land of Goshen were not. Uh, land of Goshen being that that farming area where they were able to raise their flocks and their herds. Number 12, how did Pharaoh react to this plague? This is 25 through 32. Well, Pharaoh said, go ahead, sacrifice here. Um, and, and Moses says, well, we can't sacrifice here or else the Egyptians are going to, it's not going to be good. <laughs> um, Yeah, he says in verse 26, the sacrifices we offer to the Lord our God would be detestable to the Egyptians. If we offer sacrifices that are detestable in their eyes, will they not stone us? Let's take a three-day journey. And, um, and Pharaoh says, okay, but don't go very far. But then he changes his mind. In 12, how did Pharaoh react? He agreed to let God's people go. But when the flies were gone, he again changed his mind. Not shaping up to be, um, be a good thing for Pharaoh because he's certainly not, he's being arrogant in his sinfulness and um, refusing to even bow before God's judgment. The fifth plague, chapter 9, verses 1 through 7, reads like this. Then the Lord, second, sorry. And the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and, and say to him, This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says. Let my people go so that they may worship me. 
If you refuse to let them go and continue to hold them back, the hand of the Lord will bring a terrible plague on your livestock in the field, on your horses and donkeys and camels, and on your cattle and sheep and goats. The Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and that of Egypt, so that no animal belonging to the Israelites will die. The Lord uh, set a time and said, Tomorrow the Lord will do this in the land. The next day the Lord did it. All the livestock of the Egyptians died, but not one animal belonging to the Israelites died. Pharaoh sent men to investigate and found that not even one of the animals of the Israelites had died. Yet his heart was unyielding, and he would not let the people go. Kind of tell that things are getting a little bit more serious, right? The fifth plague. Uh, What happened, number 13? In your own words? All the livestock of Egypt died. That's, that's pretty huge. Like all the, all the cows, all the sheep, all the goats, all the chicken, all the quail, um, all, the, all the peacocks, if they have any of those wandering around, um, they're all dead. And that provides, you know, meat, milk, peas, butter. I'm from Wisconsin. Um, clothing. And now that all these things have died, then they have to process all the food, assuming it's good enough to eat, or else it's all going to waste, and it's going to smell even worse than those, those piles of frogs. If you picture this, you know, you've, you've, you've probably driven by a farm, where they've got, you know, some long barns of, of pigs, um, or maybe cows out in the pasture, or in the, the milk yard. And that's a lot. A lot of animals. Uh, number 14, who was affected by the plague? The Egyptians were, the Israelites weren't, and Pharaoh went to go see. <laughs> He's like, send some guys over there. All of our animals died. Um, did any of their... Number 15, how did Pharaoh react to the plague? He investigated to see if um, the livestock of God's people had died, but he still wouldn't let them go. Like, Pharaoh, this isn't going to end well for you. Repent. He doesn't. The sixth plague, uh, chapter 9, verses 8 through 12. Plague of boils. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take handfuls of soot from a furnace. Have Moses toss it into the air in the presence of Pharaoh. It will become fine dust over the whole land of Egypt and festering boils will break out on men and animals throughout the land. So they took soot from a furnace and stood before Pharaoh. Moses tossed it into the air, and festering boils broke out on men and animals. The magicians could not stand before Moses because of all the boils that were on them and on the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had said to Moses. The plague of the plague of boils, um, beginning in verse 8. What happened? Verses 8 through 10. God sent boils on the people and the animals. A painful skin condition, um, you know, like, like an open sore or something like that. And uh, maybe it's particularly bad for these, <laughs> these magicians. Um, maybe God just had them have boils on the bottom of their feet too. Maybe they're just embarrassed to stand before him. Or Moses, when Moses comes. Number 17, who was affected by the plague? Um, the magicians could not stand before Moses, verse 11. 
because of the boils that were on them and on all the Egyptians. All the Egyptians. There's no mention of the boils being on the Israelites. And the Egyptians don't have any animals left anyway, unless they bought some from the Israelites. Uh, how did Pharaoh react to the plague? Number 18. God hardened Pharaoh's heart. This is different. Verse 12. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had said. That's different, because every other time, uh, Pharaoh hardened his heart. It's kind of the refrain of plagues one through five. But plague six, um, God is removing the ability to repent, really. That's what we're talking about when we talk about hardening of one's heart. Uh, we have a few minutes, we'll talk about this. Um, Hardening of one's heart. When God hardens somebody's heart, that is the strongest judgment that God has on a person. The time of your life, from the day you were born until the day you die, is your time of grace. That's what we call it, your time of grace. That's the time of your life in which you have um, the ability for God to bring you to faith. And for many of us, that happened you know, when you're baptized as a baby or as a young child, um, or you came to faith later in the life, Later in life, when someone shared God's word with you, and that word created faith in your heart, that's your time of grace, um, is the time that God gives you during your life when it is possible for you to come to faith. Um, so that's your time of grace. Hardening of one's heart is what we see happening to Pharaoh here as the reaction and the result of Pharaoh consistently seeing the power of God, recognizing it, hearing the word of God, and persistently turning away from it. Persistently turning away from what God says in his word. And so Pharaoh hardened his own heart for, you know, plagues one through five. Plague number six, God hardens Pharaoh's heart. This is a strong preaching of the law, so that at this time Pharaoh is an unbeliever, and here in plague six, God made it impossible for Pharaoh to repent. That is, God made it impossible for Pharaoh to come to faith, um, where God is cutting his time of grace short. Now, we see a little bit later, um, there's at least one plague, maybe two more plagues, where Pharaoh hardens his own heart. But we have to recognize this distinction, that um, plagues one through five, Pharaoh hardened his own heart. And after, after hearing what God had said, after seeing what God had done, an obvious experience of, of God's power and authority and hearing God's word and persistently, time and again, turning away from it. Um, and I mean, the, the law of God is basically that, you know, if you, you continually reject it, eventually God is going to reject you. And you will lose the ability to repent. And even though Pharaoh, after that 10th plague, he is living and breathing and his heart is beating, um, spiritually he's dead. And there is no possibility for him to come to the faith. And so he's got his physical life spiritually dead. And um, God has basically condemned him to hell at that point. Serious stuff. All right, the seventh plague, I think this one will be the last one to wrap us up today, and you can take care of the eighth and ninth and the key questions on your own. The seventh plague, chapter 9, verses 13 through 35. 
Then the Lord said to Moses, Get up early in the morning, confront Pharaoh, and say to him, This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says. Let my people go so that they may worship me. For this time I will send the full force of my plagues against you, and against your officials, and against your people, that you may know that there is no one like me in all the earth. Like, time out. God's been holding back. All right, that's serious. Um, Verse 15. For by now I could have stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with a plague that would have wiped you off the earth. But I have raised you up, or I have spared you for this very purpose, that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. You still set yourself against my people and will not let them go. Therefore, at this time tomorrow, I will send the worst hailstorm that has ever fallen on Egypt from the day it was founded until now. Give an order now to bring your livestock and everything you have in the field to a place of shelter, because the hail will fall on every man and animal that has not been brought in and is still out in the field, and they will die. Apparently, you know, the Egyptians used some of their money to purchase livestock from the Israelites, and they're starting over after their livestock died in that plague on the livestock, two plagues previously. God says, all right, I'm warning you now. Bring them in. And, uh, and that's, yes, it's God demonstrating his power. It's also God, you know, giving them an opportunity to experience a little bit of, a little bit of blessing or a little bit of a reprieve um, if they listen to his word, if they take him at his word. Because that's what God is kind of driving at with all this. Certainly in the background. Listen to the word. Uh, Verse 20. Those officials of Pharaoh who feared the word of the Lord hurried to bring their slaves and their livestock inside. Cool. Verse 21. But those who ignored the word of the Lord left their slaves and their livestock in the field. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward the sky so that hail will fall all over Egypt men and animals and on everything growing in the fields of Egypt. When Moses stretched out his staff toward the sky, the Lord sent thunder and hail and lightning flashed down to the ground. The Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. Hail fell and lightning flashed back and forth. It was the worst storm in all the land of Egypt since it had become a nation. Throughout Egypt, hail struck down everything in the field, both men and animals. It beat down every gro- everything growing in the field and stripped every tree. The only place it did not hail was in the land of Goshen, where the Israelites were. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron. This time I have sinned, he said to them. The Lord is in the right, and I and my people are in the wrong. Pray to the Lord, for we have had enough thunder and hail. (laughs) I will let you go. You don't have to stay any longer. Moses replied, I have gone out of the city. I will spread out my hand in prayer to the Lord. The thunder will stop and there will be no more hail so that you may know that the earth is the Lord's. But I know that you and your officials still do not fear the Lord God. So they're reacting to this strong judgment from God. Some of the officials um, perhaps believe maybe they're just afraid of, of judgment back there in verse 20. The officials of Pharaohs who feared the word of the Lord um, that, that fear the word of the Lord might be used, is often used to speak of faith, um, sometimes used to just speak of you know, terror or what we call fear. Um, dum, 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 verse 31. The flax and the barley were destroyed since the barley had headed and the flax was in bloom. 
The wheat and the spelt, were, however, were not destroyed because they ripened later. Then Pharaoh left, Moses left Pharaoh and went out of the city. He spread out his hands toward the Lord. The thunder and the hail stopped, and the rain no longer poured down on the land. When Pharaoh saw that the rain and hail and thunder had stopped, he sinned again. He and his officials hardened their heart. Pharaoh's heart was hard, and he would not let the Israelites go, just as the Lord had said through Moses. Oh, boy. Not getting any better. <laughs> Number 19. What happened? How would you summarize this in your own words? If you envision what happened, how would you summarize this? Well, God destroyed much of the land with hail. Not the land of Goshen, but he destroyed and, uh, and people died. Animals died. Crops were destroyed. This was, the, he says a couple of times, this is the worst storm ever. Number 20, who was affected by the plague? Uh, two groups. Everyone except the Israelites and the Egyptians who listened to the warning. They, God told them ahead of time, this is what I'm going to do. And some listened. How did Pharaoh react to the plague? This is a little bit different as well. Um, number 20, verse 27. Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron. This time I have sinned. He said, the Lord is in the right, and I and my people are in the wrong. So Pharaoh admitted that he was wrong and offered to let the Israelites go. When the hail stopped, he changed his mind again. Um, we're going to leave the 8th and ninth plague. That's chapter 10, verses 1 through 29. Uh, yeah, that's all of chapter 10. I'm going to leave that to you, for you to finish at home. Fairly simple, fairly straightforward, I believe. Um, as well as on the next page, the key questions. There are four of them. Um, and I guess the only other topic was, you know, the, the doctrinal topic that we talked about today was hardening of one's heart. Um, that if we continue to reject God's word, eventually he, he could remove his word from our lives. He could harden our heart to make it impossible for us to believe um, and destroy any possibility of faith. That is, that's God's judgment against sin. And God is serious about this. Anyway, um, keep working your way through the memory work. If you're working through it on a rotation, do a little bit every day. Um, that'll be easier, and it kind of sticks in the brain better. And uh, so keep working your way through that, and um, finish your homework. Call, text, or email uh, if you have any questions, and we'll be able to help you out. Thanks so much for joining us.